Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be talking about current cattle market conditions and what are some of the factors that may be shaping and influencing the market as we move through the rest of this winter on into the spring and summer. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Daryl Peel, who's a professor in the Department of Agricultural Economics at Oklahoma State University and also the Extension Livestock Marketing Specialist there. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Peel. You bet. Glad to be here. Dr. Peel, as we have this conversation today, there's a lot of things influencing the cattle market. Give us your perspective on what are those factors? What are the things shaping what's occurring right now? And as we look to the rest of this winter and move on into the spring and summer, what are some things producers may want to keep an eye on as they think about cattle market conditions? Yeah, you bet. You know, to begin with, I guess, uh, without getting into a, a big recount of what happened last year, but it, we spent a lot of time in 2021 kind of getting uh, some, some factors in place, and we really accomplished that by the end of the year. And, and I say all that to say that, uh, uh, you know, we really ended 2021 on a strong note, I think, with some momentum, which we're carrying into 2022 at this point, uh, in terms of we've seen better prices. Prices are significantly higher uh, across the board for feeder cattle or fed cattle, uh, box beef, whatever you want to look at. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, we, we are starting in, in, uh, in good shape for, for 2022, um, you know, despite the fact that we obviously have some factors we have to keep an eye on. As we look at the current cattle market conditions, obviously drought has been a major impact on the Western, I'd say half the United States, looking at, you know, a lot more cows coming to town, I think more calves coming into feed yards earlier than they normally would. I know where you are in Oklahoma there, it's been dry. That's impacting wheat pasture. How are drought conditions shaping the stage and where cattle are at in the market right now? I think that's probably the biggest factor that we're keeping an eye on in terms of cattle markets. Uh, you know, again, to get here, of course, uh, um, you know, a little bit uh, at the end of January, we'll be getting uh, the annual cattle inventory report that will tell us uh, really kind of what happened last year. Where do we start 2022 in terms of the cow herd numbers and the other inventory classes? Um, but there's no doubt that we liquidated some cows last year. We are carrying uh, very widespread drought conditions into 2022 and actually expanding uh, as you mentioned, particularly in the Southern Plains uh, and the Southwest part of the U.S., sort of re-emerging uh, drought conditions. So uh, all of that means that, uh, you know, depending on what happens going forward, uh, certainly once we get into springtime, uh, what should be spring, kind of depending on where you are north to south, uh, when that is. Uh, but if we don't have, uh, you know, some, some improvement in moisture conditions, uh, then I think we're going to see another uh, significant round of uh, decisions on the part of producers that will be forced to, to probably, uh, you know, liquidate some additional animals. Uh, we'll be, we'll see continued cow herd liquidation. Uh, we'll, we'll probably see, uh, you know, some channeling of heifers that, that maybe were initially intended for replacements uh, back into the feeder cattle uh, market. So the droughts, you know, on the other hand, the drought, uh, you know, could, could break. We've got plenty of time uh, for, for conditions to improve. And, and so if that happens, then, uh, we could be in a very different situation with a certain level of, uh, uh of sort of recuperation and, and, uh, rebuilding of, of, uh, 
of, of herds on the part of some producers, at least potentially. So, so I think it's, it's, it's clearly a, a sort of stay tuned kind of a situation, but one that has potentially very big implications for the industry. I think mostly in the first half of the year, uh, if it's going to happen, it'll happen sooner rather than later. We look at current feed prices, obviously the grain side of things is very strong. The hay side is as well. You know, as we look at trying to retain cattle, that's impacting the cattle market as well. Looking at the price of calves, feeders, how do these grain prices, feed prices shape this also? You know, again, we've uh, we've been dealing with higher feed prices. Obviously, uh, grain prices play most directly into feedlot cost of gain. And, uh, and then that in turn shapes the decisions they make, not so much about whether we're going to feed cattle. The cattle are out there. We're going to feed them. Um, longer term, it can have some, uh, some implications for the number of cattle. But in the short run, uh, what it really changes maybe is how the feedlots approach these feeding decisions. And uh, we saw in 2021 uh, a, a lot of emphasis on the part of feedlots to kind of place heavier weight cattle. That's primarily the way they would approach uh, high feed prices. Uh, to sort of reduce days on feed and, and cut down on that feed bill. Um, and, and, and to the extent that they can do that, we did see some of that. Now, the other thing going on uh, behind the scenes is that cattle numbers are getting smaller. As we said, we had some herd liquidation last year. Feeder supplies will be tighter in 2022 than in 2021. So feedlots are going to be, you know, going to be uh, looking to, to sort of maintain sources of cattle. They may have to place whatever's available. And, and as we, you know, as we sort of catch up on, on cattle supplies, um, we'll see more placements perhaps of some of these lighter weight animals. And, and so, so the feed prices play into that. And, and obviously for cow, calf and stocker producers, supplement feed prices are part of that decision. And then, as you mentioned, hay prices are high. Um, and so that has an impact. And so uh, we'll continue to deal with that. I don't see any real, you know, real change in that. I think the feed prices will continue to be uh, a factor in the markets. We've, we've kind of sort of baked in the level that we have. So, so maybe we don't see a lot of additional changes, but we will certainly see continuing movement on the part of, of producers and feedlots to, uh, to sort of deal with these high feed prices. If you think about the cow-calf sector, obviously we've seen some cow herd liquidation. I would say earlier this fall, there was quite a price break difference and maybe wider spread than we sometimes see between heifers and steers. Is there an opportunity right now, or if you've got heifers and there's the opportunity to breed those, do heifers provide some flexibility or some options under current cattle market conditions here? I'm just thinking about if I've got some heifers, if it does rain, I can breed them. If it doesn't rain, I can market them as a feeder. How would you think about that if you were a cow-calf producer under the current situation? Well, I think you've hit it very closely. Uh, you know, heifers always provide that sort of uh, flexible channel of, of marketing. Uh, and, and so, you know, again, we're kind of back to that sort of wait and see what happens with the drought conditions. Um, you know, I do think that, and I've had the question a, a number of times recently from producers uh, of, you know, should we be holding heifers to, to support some sort of rebuilding or, you know, uh, reestablishing these herds? Um, and, and I think it's at this point, it's a little too early to say, but I think your point is well taken that, uh, that may be an opportunity. And so, uh, maintaining that flexibility on the part of a cow calf producer that does have some heifers, um, you know, to sort of, uh, um, 
postpone that, uh, that decision about which route you're going to take uh, uh, as long as sort of makes sense relative to the, uh, the underlying production situation gives you the ability then to sort of react to conditions as they develop here in the next few weeks or months. Give a little perspective on the end side as we look at fed cattle prices, as we look at uh, coal cows and bulls. What's that market looking like? We've seen some, I'd say, strength this fall in the cold cow price, a little more than we typically would see for seasonal seasonality anyway. Uh, give your perspective on that. You know, in, in many ways, uh, we've already alluded to the fact that we had cow herd liquidation this last year. Cow slaughter was up. Beef cow slaughter was up uh, a little bit over 8% on a year-over-year basis uh, through 2021. And yet, despite that, we did see uh, fairly strong cold cow prices uh, through much of the year and, and even into the fall, you know, there was some decline seasonally, but probably a little bit less maybe than we would have expected. And so, uh, you know, and I think that's really a testament on the meat side of things. Those cold cows really support that, uh, that ground beef lean market, if you will. And, and, uh, and we've continued to see that very strong. So that starts to play into, you know, kind of our discussion about uh, beef demand and so on. Uh, and we continue to see that those, uh, those lean uh, trimmings markets are very strong. That's helping to, uh, helping to maintain those, those cull cow prices. And, you know, as, as we just noted, we may actually add some breeding demand uh, to that at some point in time. And, uh, and that could further help support that market. We think about the consumer side. We think about the meat market. Uh, as we record this, the COVID situation has been ramping up here in the United States and around the world. We're seeing some disruptions with that. Any perspective on that? Any perspective on the meat market in terms of the consumer side and and what they might be thinking about and how that might shape the fed cattle market here, which often this time of year is where we see some strength in that market. Yeah, you know, as we move into the first quarter of the year, we typically see us move to a seasonal peak towards the end of the first quarter or the beginning of the second quarter for fed cattle prices. Um, and we've had a remarkably strong uh, demand picture, uh, you know, particularly with reference to the boxed beef market, uh, really uh, for many months uh, through much of this. Uh, it's been uh, at one level surprisingly strong, uh, and, and we continue to, to see that. You know, the, in the immediate run, this latest uh, ramp up in COVID impacts uh, is somewhat uh, um, you know, concerning. We do, we do need to keep an eye on that. And there's a couple of ways that can impact things. We may see uh, workforce impacts uh, at the processing level that, that could cause some short-term disruptions. I think those would be relatively minimal and, and nothing like what we saw almost two years ago now in the initial stages of the pandemic, but we could certainly see some disruptions uh, at that level. The other side, of course, is, is on the consumer side directly. Uh, if we see curtailments uh, on the part of consumers or, or other, uh, you know, reasons to, uh, to, to reduce travel, to reduce, uh, you know, eating out, if you will, that food service side has been uh, slowly trying to recover really uh, over the, 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 the last two years from the initial uh, impact of the pandemic. And, uh, and we've made a lot of progress in that, but we could see a little bit of a setback in that. So all of those are things that we have to keep an eye on. In the grand scheme of things, I don't really think it's going to be a major issue, but it could certainly temper um, the sort of the progress uh, over the next few weeks as, as we go forward. One of the things that was making news this fall, and if you've gone to the grocery store recently or went and put gas in your vehicle, it's blatantly obvious. Uh, we've seen some inflation, and that's 
uh, certainly impacting, I think, uh, what consumers have in terms of the ability to spend. What are your thoughts on, I guess, as we think about, again, these strong boxed beef prices, but also an increase in other prices as well? How does that impact the consumer? Should that be a caution or concern? Well, certainly it could be. Um, you know, I think we're trying to sort of, uh, uh, if you will, assess kind of how all this plays out. Consumers, uh, again, through the pandemic, uh, really changed their behavior or had to change their behavior in many cases. Uh, so they didn't drive as much. They didn't travel as much. They didn't uh, eat out as much. Uh, and at the same time, we had a lot of uh, federal stimulus money that, that went into the economy. Consumers have had a lot of cash in their pockets. And I think that's partly what's being reflected in, in some of the uh, prices we see and, and some of the uh, underlying inflation uh, forces that, that are sort of operating. And so one of the questions going forward is there will be less of that over time. Uh, you know, obviously, we're not going to continue to see the stimulus. The, that money will, will sort of play out, if you will. Um, and, and then we're still trying to uh, sort of sort out the workforce and, and get folks back to work and, and so on. So there are some questions about how that plays out in 2022. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, aside from that, when you look at beef relative to other proteins, relative to uh, perhaps consumer spending in general, beef demand has been uh, very robust over uh, many months now and, and continues to be. And so, uh, you know, we've got uh, very strong wholesale and retail prices for beef, but I think the primary driver there is that consumer demand. And, um, you know, so it may, it may temper a little bit. I don't really look for it to back up um, as we go forward, but, uh, but, it, but it may not, it probably won't continue to increase or uh, to exhibit the same kind of trends that we've seen at times in, in the recent past. As you think about the cow-calf sector, the stocker yearling sector, from a risk management standpoint, what are some tools or maybe some thought processes you think that folks need to really take stock of and look at right now? You know, um, our general expectation and uh, forecast for cattle markets for 2022 is, is pretty optimistic. We are expecting, uh, you know, generally higher prices. That said, this is a very dynamic industry. There's lots of ups and downs and certainly, uh, you know, uh, black swans, by definition, cannot be uh, anticipated or forecast, and, and certainly there are some risks out there, and we've already alluded to a couple of other things that are at work here with the drought and other things that could, could impact things. So risk management clearly should be a consideration on the part of producers, um, you know, with the idea that maybe our underlying expectation is, uh, is pretty optimistic. So, uh, you know, that, that might change the kinds of tools you want to use. You want to focus a little bit more on perhaps a minimum pricing tool as opposed to a fixed pricing tool. Uh, so, you know, you could be looking at, uh, you know, anything from a, uh, an LRP uh, type approach to things or, or a straight up, um, you know, put option kind of an approach to things. Um, and, and so, but, you know, again, the idea that uh, you, you certainly need to consider some risk management, uh, I think. Uh, with with higher input costs, even though, uh, again, prices are higher, profitability prospects, I think, are better in 2022, but they're not a guarantee uh, with the cost pressures that we've got on inputs. Uh, so it really is important to sort of look at opportunities to uh, protect yourself and, and take advantage of, of those uh, as, they, as they present themselves. Dr. Peel, anything else you think would be valuable for producers to know, understand, think through in the current situation we're in? 
You know, the only other thing I would mention, we haven't talked about the international sector at all. And, and sometimes at a CalCAF level, it seems like that's an all, a long ways away from where we operate on a day-to-day -day basis. But, but certainly part of all of this picture uh, in our overall outlook for the industry rel is relative to the, the international trade and, and the situation. And, and again, 2021, uh, we actually set a new record for beef exports. Um, and we did see a slight decrease in beef imports relative to the year before. Uh, so that was uh, on net uh, a supportive factor. We think that'll continue in 2022. We may actually see beef exports drop back a little bit from that record level, but still at a, at a, a strongly supportive level. And so the combination of the strong domestic demand we've talked about in conjunction with the international demand that we've seen for beef is, is really part of the secret going forward to uh, supporting the, uh, the kind of uh, outlook that we have for cattle markets in 2022. Well, thanks again for your time. I appreciate you joining me today. Yeah, you're very welcome. Anytime. Well, for more information on Dr. Peel and the market outlook, I'd encourage you to visit the Oklahoma State University website. Again, uh, he's in Department of Agricultural Economics there, and his contact information can be found there.